Welcome to another episode of the Grove Podcast. Today we have Aaron Peters all the way in from Boston, Massachusetts. That's right, yes. Aaron, man, it's awesome having you here. Thank you, man. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, man. I'm so proud of you and everything you're doing and all that stuff. Man, let's Thanks. let's jump right in, man. Tell yep. me about tell me about you guys. What's what's going on with you? Yep. Uh, so we've been in Boston now for a little over two years. Okay. Uh, we just planted our church 18 weeks ago. 18 weeks. Yep, 18 weeks ago, uh, we uh, planted a neighborhood of Brighton, mm-hmm. uh, about 50,000 people. It's right next to Boston College, okay. Boston University, and uh, we meet in a local high school, and uh, we've got right about 90 people was our last Sunday. Nice, yeah, nice. Man. Now, tell me about tell me about Emily. How's, how uh, Emily's your wife? Yep, yep. How is she transitioning to living in Boston? Yeah. I mean, you guys have been there a couple years, though, right? Yep, yep. Um, Two and a half years we've been there. Okay. And uh, Emily and I actually met at Hickory Grove. Right, and right. And so her family is part of the North Campus, and mm-hmm. I was an uh, intern. Hey, bro, it's Mallard Creek Campus. Ooh, that's you, right. You've been going long enough. I was enough. gone. I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> Mallard Creek Campus, and go. I was there at the Harris Boulevard Campus. No, just Harris. <laughs> Harris Boulevard. I can't get it right. <laughs> Harris Campus. Harris Campus. That's it. That's I was it. there, uh, and uh, we met 2011. Uh, mm-hmm. It was the uh, uh, summer camp we did, Camp Paradise. And uh, I thought she was a beautiful girl, super sweet, very godly. And yeah. uh, we started to date that next year. And then we got married in 2013. Okay. And then uh, really felt called that God was calling us uh, to go back to Boston, which we'll get to later of even how God called us there. And uh, we've been living there for two and a half years, moved in 2017, and have loved it. Yeah. So now, what were you doing in Boston when you first went there? Okay, so you you moved to Boston, but you weren't really. I mean, your church hadn't started yet. So yeah, what yeah. what were you doing in that in that meantime? Yes. Um, so for us, even to plant a church, uh, there was a lot of groundwork to figure out, like where in all of the Boston area do we yeah. plant a church? It's got you know twenty three neighborhoods, five point eight million people. Um, God, where are you wow. calling us to even plant? Um, and so part of the two years was we were at a church uh, that was a church plant as well. Uh, in the um, uh, the SBC uh, 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 NAM church plant, uh, they've been there for ten years, and so I did a residency with them first. Okay. okay. Uh, they trained me. Uh, we had a lot of uh, conversations about where to plant, and we lived in the neighborhood of Brighton, which was not our target area at first. Okay. We were actually looking at planting uh, right south of Boston in the neighborhood of Quincy, um, but we were like, man, we can't wait to plant in order to share the gospel. Like, we mm. need to share the gospel now with our neighbors and friends. Yeah. We began to do that, and people started coming to our home for small groups. Uh, the neighborhood began to ask us to help serve in a couple things, mm-hmm. and um, then they were asking, like, hey, you're talking about starting a church. Like, are you doing that in our neighborhood or another neighborhood? And yeah. I was like, man, why not here if God's opening up so many doors? And so we actually we changed because we feel like the Spirit was leading us to plant right there in, in Brighton. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. Before we go um, – to that, I, I want us to talk about, let's talk about your kind of past a little bit. Let's talk yeah. some history with Aaron Peters. Yeah. Just because if if someone's new to Hickory Grove or whatever, they may not know who you are, may not have experience with you. You used to be on staff here, well, at the Harris, Harris, Harris. at the Harris campus. Harris campus. So walk us through some of that. Give yeah. us like, uh, like let's, let's go back even further. Let's go, where are you from? Yes. Like where you grew up? Kind of what some thing, what are some things you did? You know, kind of yeah. like okay. that. Uh, I was born right outside of Raleigh in okay. Cary, North Carolina, and lived there until I think about fifth grade or so. And then we moved to Roanoke, Virginia, and then okay. we moved back to Greensboro, and then graduated high school in Greensboro, and then I uh, went to UNC Charlotte for college. Wait, I thought you were from Asheville. Nope, mom and dad lived there now, uh, but I never gotcha, lived gotcha. there. Yeah, okay, yep. okay. Um, so wasn't a Christian until college. Um, okay. Mom and dad are first generation Christians in the, the whole Peters family. Okay. Um, so I grew up sort of in and out of church, but I didn't really grasp what the gospel was. 
uh, until college. And I was at UNC Charlotte, and uh, my roommate at the time invited me to come to uh, Hickory Grove. Okay. And I began to get involved in Hickory Grove, and I really wrestled with my faith from 16 to 20. And then finally at 20 years old, um, God uh, saved my soul, and I became a Christian, and uh, then got connected with the church, went to seminary. Um, uh, the church was gracious to bring me on as an intern when mm-hmm. I knew nothing about anything. Uh, and the staff developed me. Pastor Clint poured a lot of time and effort into me as well yeah. as Mike Powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, did an internship, and then I brought on to do middle school ministry and then was a student pastor for about a year. So I was with okay. Hickory Grove for, uh, I think, right over six years. Now, there was one point in time I think you were you were pursuing like a musical – a musical career, right? I can't yes. let you get out of Charlotte yeah, no, without no. everyone hearing the story. So yes. I need to know what on earth is this about. <laughs> I need to know the name. Every, not just me. Everyone needs to know the name of this band yeah. or whatever whatever you guys were doing. Yep. Spill the beans. Yep. I was a huge punk rock fan <laughs> growing up. And so my buddies in college and I, we put a band together called Purple Backpacks, Yellow Hacky Sacks. And that was our punk rock band. That was your whole name? That was the name? <laughs> the whole name, bro. Purple Backpacks, Yellow Hacky Sacks. That was the whole band name. Our, our drummer at the time, he was trying to uh, convey like a rhythm to us. And that's the rhythm. He's like, it needs to be like Purple Backpacks, Yellow Hacky Sacks. And we're like, that's the band name. That's that's it. Terrible band name. We went nowhere. Mm, I think, you know, like nice. like one whole dorm heard of us. Yeah, right. Is there like any sort of recording or anything? We burned all those down. We took yeah. them all offline and mm, everything. Mm. So there's a song floating around uh, with some of our students from yeah. from old and so you can check maybe with them so now you were did you play any instruments or what i did i did i, I was the i was a lead singer of that band okay. and played uh, uh rhythm guitar okay so like how what how would how did your voice sound like <laughs> i you know me being uh, uh, uh you know I, i'm not a punk rock yeah. genre kind of guy yeah yeah so can you give me like an example <laughs> kind of of what you know Maybe one like chorus uh, of a song or something. Man, you weren't expe- you weren't expecting this. <laughs> you thought we were gonna be all spiritual, yeah, just do yeah, Boston stuff. Yeah. But I got you here. It was more of a kind of a whining cat, baby screaming sort of voice. Okay, so it, like a it wasn't like a like a whoop, 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 like that kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> no, no. More no. of a whatever you're thinking of is is it? You know, there was a band a long time ago called Hoobastank or something like that. Yeah, you yeah, ever heard of that? band? They're a lot better than we were. Yeah. Okay. Or like a. <laughs> There was another band called like All American Rejects or that's something like that. Yes. Yeah? Yes. That's yeah. about it. Yes. Yes. That's about it. I mean, the names, the names are excellent. The names are spot yeah. on. I yeah. mean, it just flows purple. Yep. Purple backpack, purple yellow hacky sacks. <laughs> yeah. We were banned together for about a year, year and a half. Yeah. And uh, it's right around that time when I became a Christian. So yeah. our, our music definitely took a turn. Maybe we should, uh, you know, let um, Jacob and Ben and Blake know about you. There's Maybe no we doubt. Can, you guys can come back and do a little. Something to be now or something. There's, Maybe a little, there's no doubt. A little late night at Camp Paradise. We can or do it, man. We can know? do it. We did at Camp Paradise. We did host one song um, by them. It was called "Melt Your Face." That was uh, about a five-minute sequence that we did at Camp Paradise, and then I went to Boston from there. Oh, like kind of like a <laughs> drop the mic <laughs> and roll. Drop and run. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, let's get away from this. Yeah. Let's uh, yeah. let's get back to We'd Boston. Love to. Yes. So, give me a little bit more. Tell me what you're doing currently. Yeah. Um, in Boston. Yes. Uh, so, um, yeah, we planted a church 18 weeks ago. Uh, in our neighborhood, um, again, it's only 3% uh, evangelical. So only 3% wow. of our community believes the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and their faith alone in him that makes them a Christian. 3% of our neighborhood, which is 50,000 people. Um, right now, this is not a bragging. It just kind of shows where we're at mm-hmm. as, a, as a church. Uh, if we reach the 100 mark of, of people on Sunday morning, we'll be the largest church in our neighborhood. 
Wow. Um, just shows the amount of um, there's not really a huge presence of, of Christianity or any of that. So yeah. our, our main goal when we moved to um, Boston was, man, we want to be invested in a neighborhood. And so um, what we have is our church, we, we call them community groups. And so each of our nine community groups are connected with a pocket of people in the neighborhood that they can serve, share the gospel with, and give their time and money to. And so we're connected with local high schools, the YMCA, with low-income housing authorities. And so our nine community groups are all connected to them, and they are out weekly with them. And so they're not just sharing meals or uh, Bible study time with people in our church. They're connected with people in our community. Mm -hmm. And so they're giving their own money, not just the church's money, but they're giving their money to help meet needs and serve teachers at schools. And uh, that was our heartbeat. Uh, And we prayed, God, we'd love to have a Sunday morning gathering. But the church, of course, is much more than a Sunday morning gathering. The church is called to come together, but then to be sent out. And so our our church from the very beginning was uh, very adamant about that. So we technically planted the moment we land on the ground Mm -hmm. in in Boston, but the Sunday morning gathering didn't start until two and a half years later when we had about 40 people, enough for us to get started to have a kids' ministry. And then now, by God's grace, we're at 90. And the majority of our churches, there's non-believers coming and gathering. There's probably about 30, 40 believers, and then the rest are really exploring their faith and asking questions and reading the Bible for some of them for the very first time. Yeah, Yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. So what what is it like like um, cold? Yeah, especially now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. which is why the beard is so nice. It's and a thick. scarf from a whole yeah, body, it man. It just kind of just blocks yep, everything. It's a blanket right? from that a wife. It's really nice. Thank Actually, you, I it, it that. smells nice too. <laughs> it like, does. I put some some beard some oil. Beard oil in there. You've got to keep yeah. it tamer. What of kind out. of beard oil do you use? I forgot the name of it. It's in a little. I got it from the um, the barbers at 52, 59? 54. 54. I know mm, it's getting close. Nice. Those guys got it. Boy. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Yeah, I don't I don't do uh, beards or anything like that. Yeah, your hair looks great, man. Just the way you are. <sighs> anyway, so uh, <laughs> back to Boston. Yeah. So being in the north, uh, so I've, I've lived in the south my whole life, right? Okay. So yeah. I don't know like what um, typically what kind of churches are up that way, or even what yeah. people think or feel. Typically, you know, if I go to a restaurant or if I go out someplace and I run into someone, um, if I meet somebody, typically they've heard of Jesus, they've heard of church. They've had some sort of church history. Um, living in the South is like kind of everyone does. It's yeah. it's getting to the point where not really everyone is like that now, but for a long time it's been that way. Mm-hmm. What is that? What is it like in Boston? Yeah, um, there's sort of two um, categories of people that are in Boston. Mm-hmm. The top category is a real transient population, where 30 percent of Boston moves in and out every year, and they're um, Really 30%? high, thirty percent is massive. Whoa! Um, so these are the high. Is that like um, students or? Yeah, students, okay. grad students, or um, young professionals that moved okay. in there, just got a job right out of college, and so that's a really secular mindset. Mm. Um, these kids are going to you know Harvard and MIT and like really uh, high academic schools, and so uh, their thought of Christianity is we're really outdated. The Bible's not something mm. you can trust. I can't rely on any of that to be accurate. This Jesus guy. It probably just led people astray religiously, and wow. we need to take a different approach with science and kind of art in order to make our lives better or find hope and meaning. And so that's the top sort of 30% of our city is just there's no, I, like they're willing to have conversations about it, mm-hmm. but there's no buy-in to any of it. Um, there's another uh, category that that's, uh, makes up uh, about 45 uh, percent of our city uh, has a really works-based uh, faith, and so okay. they think by uh, maybe their grandma went to church, and that will kind of translate to them, and they mm-hmm. have a right standing with God, they think, because of their morality, reading the Bible, taking communion, going to church, talking to a pastor, something like that. Uh, and there's a large you know, percentage of people that have different sort of sets of beliefs. Wow. Okay, so now, how does Emily play a part in a lot of that with you? Yeah. 
with just sharing the gospel or just meeting meeting with people? You know, yes. how, how how does that work? Yeah, so uh, we live in a, a apartment complex of about seventy people, and so monthly we gather the whole apartment complex together and host a meal. Man, and so there awesome. could be forty, fifty people together, you know, stuffed in our Good apartment night. or on the back deck. Yeah, uh, or we're connected with the YMCA. And so Emily's role for our our church, um, she's sort of like the uh, all of the logistics and details of our church. She helps hold together. Mm-hmm. She's in charge of our community partnerships, mm-hmm. and so that with the local school, the housing authorities, the YMCA, um, the colleges that are nearby, she helps us connect with them, wow. sets up meetings, and says, hey, what are your needs? And we kind of have a, a way to fill out those needs mm-hmm. uh, as a church and then actually go and meet those needs. And so she's right there, not just alongside of me, but she's <laughs> sometimes even leading the charge with, Aaron, I'm going to go reach these people today. We're going to bring our little daughter with us. And and she goes and she's having the same conversations that I am. And so she's not yeah. just necessarily... Um, just doing things at home administratively, but she's out in the front sure. line sharing the gospel. That's incredible. Now you mentioned your daughter. Let's mm-hmm. yeah. let's let's talk about let's talk about that. Just the whole story. Yes. Um, you talked a little bit about it with me earlier. Yeah. Man, share. Yeah. I, I want to know. People want to know. Tell, yes. tell me what's going on with the family. Yes. Uh, so before we moved to Boston, uh, we felt God was pressing in our hearts to pursue foster care and mm-hmm. adoption, and so uh, that was something that's been a part of my own family's history uh, as I was growing up. My Mom and dad would have uh, teenagers come and stay with us, and we would help them sort of get back onto their feet. Or if mm-hmm. they were pregnant at 15, and my mom and dad would sort of help coach them to be a you know, mom or a dad and get a job and sort of get back on their feet. So foster care was always kind of in my family, watching nice. that as a child. Yeah. Uh, and then Emily's oldest sister was adopted. And so that was always in our hearts, and we started to date and explore that conversation together. We got married, and we're like, you know, we just are curious about the timing, God. When should we start this? Um, so we felt like we needed to begin submit paperwork when we got to Boston. So August of 2017, we moved. Uh, we turned in our paperwork, and then uh, we met uh, a little girl, and her name's Kiana. And we met her because another church planting family that was a part of the North American Mission Board that planted somewhere else provided respite care for her and mm. said, hey, there's this little girl that's been through a lot in her life, and mm. um, she's in foster care, but she needs a home. Would you guys like to meet her and pray and explore this possibility? So we met a little girl named Kiana at 13 years old. And uh, then we begin to slowly build a relationship Wait, 13. with her. 13 months old. I was like, sorry, we didn't know Back to the Future. Yeah, right, right. Here. Sorry, yeah, no I don't time know what travel. just happened there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, 13 months old. Yeah. We met her. Uh, we began to um, just do slow care mm-hmm. with her in terms of meeting her at her foster house. And mm-hmm. then she would come to ours. And then we moved into weekends and then week long. And um, now she is, uh, she just turned three in October. And uh, we submitted all of our paperwork for adoption. And mm-hmm. so we'll hear a date within the next couple of weeks about when that could be. And then legally she'll be our, our daughter. Oh, that's incredible, man. Yeah. Yeah, all, all the pictures I see, it's got the little smiley face over her face. That's right. Whatever, that's right. And, we can't uh, wait to reveal it to the world. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. she's beautiful, man. Thank you and, so much, and this man. And is, this, is, um, this is great. So um, any other... Anything yeah, else? yeah, I can share that with you. Wise, yeah, um, so yeah. um, part of our heart is um, our church is taking a real initiative in foster care and adoption. Um, Massachusetts, on some regard, does a really good job with it, um, but there's a massive need. Mm-hmm. So in Massachusetts alone, there's 9,000 uh, kids that are in foster care. 6,000 wow. of the 9,000 are just in Boston. Wow. Um, and so not to throw a bunch of stats, but to kind of frame what those numbers mean, uh, for every one square mile, there's 125 kids just sitting there. Uh, wanting to be reunited with their family again, or they're going to move towards adoption. Uh, So even right now, as we sit in Charlotte, there's uh, about a thousand kids that are in Boston that are needing homes. Mm -hmm. Um, But even just the high cost of living that's there and the apartments are smaller and places to live, uh, there's less space. These kids just sit in foster care and um, about 90% of kids that sit all the way through foster care either end up in jail or dead. And so part of our church said, hey, we want 
to make this stop happening. Mm -hmm. uh, we want no more orphans in our city. Yeah. So although we're a small church of 90 people, a lot of our folks are already getting licensed to be foster care and adoptive families. Um, the families that moved up from Hickory Grove mm -hmm. are pursuing that as well. That's great. Um, and so they've even been a great network for us. And so we're even taking a leap of faith and we're uh, a leap of faith in pursuing another little girl right now mm -hmm. who has just turned one years old. And uh, so we're pursuing uh, foster care with her. She's yeah. not in her home yet, but we'll see how God uh, pans that out for us. That's great, man. It's it's neat how um, the the DNA of a lot of the pastors that's here with yes. foster care and adoption and stuff. You, you know, with you being one of our pastors, going up there and kind of taking that up there. And um, man, it's it's just neat. It's just neat to see. Um, see you guys doing that and making yeah. that kind of a like a significant portion of, of your church and your leaders. Absolutely. Thanks, man. So any any sort of update you can give us on some of the families that that went up there? We, you mentioned about some of the, the foster care and adoptive yes. stuff. But yes. Just give me a quick update on, on a couple of them. Yeah. So uh, Hickory Grove uh, sent with our family. There was four other families who mm -hmm. joined us. There was the Pav family, the Wrights family, the uh, the Daniels and the Jacobs came and joined and us. Just with the the Pavs, I mean, you guys, y'all doubled like attendance there's pretty quick. No, I mean, there's no doubt they have four kids. Yeah, uh, and all of these families are are wonderful for mm -hmm. us. They're not just um, coming up and helping us set up for an event like you know getting pipe and drape together, which is important. Mm -hmm. um, but these families are actually the community group leaders of our family, mm -hmm. and so they're leading out in mission and shepherding for our our church. So all of our families, uh, other families helped join us when we were there, but they're the backbone of our church. If mm -hmm. we didn't have these families that Hickory Grove sent out, we wouldn't have a church. Um, I couldn't maintain the shepherding or the mission of 90 people in our church alone. And uh, they're doing a tremendous job. Mm -hmm. um, the Wrights have a little boy now uh, that um, they gave birth to in Boston. His name is Hudson. And uh, even them, they're, um, they're even using Hudson. And uh, our neighborhood doesn't have a ton of kids mm -hmm. in there. Out of 5,000 people or 50,000 people, there might be 1,500 kids. Wow. Um, and so if you have a kid, all of that community sort of spends time together. Mm -hmm. And uh, so even Haley and Bradley Wright are, are uh, spending time with Hudson in the community and meeting other families as well as the, uh, the paths with all of their four uh, kids. And they're doing a tremendous job. And, again, we wouldn't be a church without them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so walk us through a Sunday morning experience with you guys. Yeah. Like, the reason why I ask is because maybe some people aren't aware of everything that goes into making Sunday morning happen yes. for you guys. Here at Hickory Grove, you walk into a massive building. We have a lot of land, a lot of property. There's tons of parking, all that kind of stuff. What does it look like for you guys in Boston? Yeah. Um, so at first we were trying to figure out, man, where do we meet? We need a spot to where um, our non-Christian friends and neighbors would feel comfortable to come, mm -hmm. um, but not so much that would break the bank. <laughs> and so we really explored maybe we should just meet at, like, my apartment. Um, but people in the neighborhood kind of saw that as cultish, and it was actually going to be a barrier to the gospel for us. Oh, wow. So we're like, okay, well, we, we're not going to do this. Yeah. Um, so we, we looked at different uh, places. We looked at a dance studio. We looked at the YMCA. And uh, we're actually praying in the parking lot um, at a local high school and saying, God, please, would you open up a door here? This is the central part of our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows what this is. It's right off a bus stop in the, uh, the subway. God, would you allow us to meet here? We get out of the parking lot and we meet the headmaster right outside the parking lot. It's like, hey, would you guys like to come in? Uh, are you guys coming to tour mm -hmm. our school? And we we're like, yeah, we, we are. We'd love to connect. And it's like, yeah, would yeah. you guys like to meet here as a, as a church as we were explaining that? And they invited us to come meet at their church. And so she was the interim headmaster at the time. Mm -hmm. She was a Christian. She'd only been in position for just a few weeks. Wow. And we believe that God had that station for us. Because oh, in absolutely. Boston, um, they kick out churches all the time. There's not mm -hmm. a lot of churches in Boston in general that are preaching the gospel. But 
a lot that do that get booted from the the, uh, the schools pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she's been a real big advocate for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we meet in a local high school, uh, Brighton High School. It's the very center of our <clears throat> in our neighborhood, and we meet in their auditorium. Okay. And so what it looks like for us, man, uh, church service starts at 10 a.m., but we got to get there at 730 uh, to set up everything mm. as a church. Yeah. And so we set up the chairs, pipe and drape, the screens, the soundboards, the kids' ministry area. We're getting out each toy. We're wiping down each toy. Uh, we're getting our, our greeters ready. Uh, people are still trying to locate our church, right? So we're getting all of our signs up that mm-hmm. out in the parking lot. Uh, and it's just all of our people. Mm-hmm. And so they're on a rotation. Uh, Dan Jacobs, which is a part of Hickory Grove, him and his wife Kelly sacrificed their life with the others to come up to Boston. And so mm-hmm. Dan's over the uh, kind of greeter and hospitality, and Kelly's over the, the kids' ministry. Uh, Bradley's been a big help for us. Uh, Bradley Wright, who came up, he runs all the tech ministry oh, <laughs> things. Wow. Um, yeah, he's over all of that. Um, and then we've got Matt and Jordan who help out with Sunday morning scheduling and mm-hmm. then set up and tear down. And so they're helping wow. us run the whole operation Sunday morning. Um, uh, we've got a worship director now that he's come from Connecticut, which is really helpful when we have a guy that's from New England mm-hmm. and not just a white guy from the South like me right. trying to do ministry in a right. very diverse city. Um, and so what it looks like for us as a church, we get started right around 10 5, but we give kind of our millennial generation a little bit mm, of a yep, <laughs> couple yep. minutes to get in there. Yep. Um, and so we, have a, uh, we do one song at the very beginning. Uh, and then I actually do announcements at that time. And a part of our church at that time, we're very new. So we're explaining who we are and what are our values as a church. So we say, hey, we, our values are gospel, community, and mission. So the very beginning, we explain what those three things mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a prayer of the church, and that could be we're praying for uh, someone in our church. We're praying for something in the community or something in the world. You know, that that's cool that you do that every Sunday. I mean, if you don't say it enough... Yes. Like when you're sick and tired of saying it, it's like people are just starting to get I, it. I think that we found so that to be very that's true. That's great. I, yeah, I'm, I just totally interrupted you. No, no, no. Yeah, I think it's great, man. Um, I think that's that's vital for even our guests to say, man, thank you for sharing what you're about from the yeah. very beginning. Oh, so yeah. I don't feel like I'm finding that out later. Yeah. Um, that you guys are very clear on what the gospel means. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're very clear about what you teach from the Bible. And uh, you're very clear on mission means we're going to share the love of truth in Jesus with the world. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start first here in Brighton. And they're very, very um, you know, uh, open to all of that. Yeah. Um, so we do that. We do a prayer of the church, and then we do two more songs. Uh, and then I come and preach, uh, which is a blast. We've been in uh, – our church is very young, and mm-hmm. so some of our folks didn't know there was an Old Testament and a New Testament. Okay. Or even that the Old Testament had to do with Jesus, right? We, You know, wow. sometimes for us, we look in, we're like, what are these priests or these laws or uh, these commands have to do with Jesus? Mm-hmm. Well, they all point towards mm-hmm. Jesus, right? And our church is unpacking that for the first time. They're like, they're like, Pastor, or they're like, they're like Aaron, I can't believe that all of that pointed to a, a mm-hmm. Jesus would be the sacrifice that we're reading, or he would fulfill the law. And you could watch it's connecting in a new way, and yeah. it's super exciting for us. Um, so uh, also every Sunday, uh, we take uh, uh, communion together. Uh, and the reason why we do that um, is, is Paul doesn't give limits. We can do it as often as every week, or we can do it once a month together. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no right or wrong to do that. But for our church, um, it's easy to do that with only 90 people, right? Sure. It's easy for us to do that. Um, and what it does is it reminds people to celebrate the goodness and gospel of Jesus. That's true. And then it even helps our non-believers really have a clear moment to say, you know what, I don't believe this yet, mm-hmm. um, but I want to partake in this because it seems really meaningful mm-hmm. about the blood of Jesus. He's died for us and the bread that's been broken for us so we could be made whole in him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in that. Um, and some of even our, our friends who have a workspace faith think that sometimes communion saves them. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, we can say, hey, guys, communion or uh, baptism or any things, they, these don't save you mm-hmm. uh, from our sin, but they're a reminder of the goodness of, of Jesus. They're, they're a symbol. They're a meaningful symbol. 
Um, so then we have a, a closing song. Uh, we do giving as a church, and then we close down. So we it's right about 90 minutes is our, is our church service. Okay. And then our entire church tears down. So the same people that got there that morning tear down the tear church in the afternoon. And then yeah. all of our uh, key leaders from our church are taking out guests to lunch. Uh, oh, they're inviting great. them over to their house to, uh, either that night to come and just sit by the fire or, you know, hang out, watch a movie together. Mm-hmm. And that's how our church is being built. It's just yeah. a lot of relational time with each other. That's great. Now, um, when we we were someplace, I can't remember where we were, but someone was introducing you. And they said about you that you're probably one of the most evangelistic person they've ever met. Hmm. Meaning you really like to share the gospel with absolutely people. absolutely yeah. and man uh and i mean even just hearing you talk about it it's such a passion for mm-hmm. you um and it i mean it, it is it is for every believer it should be for every believer yeah, right yeah, 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 yeah but you're like next level with this right <laughs> so give us a little bit of um like what does it look like to engage lost people on a regular basis here in the south i think we talked about this earlier um, it's easy to run in circles of just all Christians. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you can go to to a grocery store or out to dinner someplace or the movies, whatever, and you're probably around someone who is very knowledgeable of church or you know whatever. But it's not that's not quite the same um, up there. And so how how do you how do you engage lost people yeah. up there? Yeah, it's a great question, man. Uh, in some regard, we're figuring that out as a church, but even for our our core team in our church, uh, we're really, uh, we find our deepest joy in getting out of our comfort zone mm-hmm. and spending time with our neighbors and uh, watching certain things click in their mind and mm-hmm. heart. And so how we do it as a church is, um, again, we do these things called missional communities or community groups, and we have a pocket of people. And so for us, I'll kind of play this out for our own life. Um, it's it's a mix between my apartment complex and the YMCA that's down the street. And we've changed a little bit of our mission strategy. Um, so we'll host um, like monthly events for the community. And um, the city has asked us to help do that. So the city came knocking at our door in some wow. sense and said, hey, we've seen some events you do. Can we partner together and host movie nights for families oh, or um, for the business community? When you do those things, would you advertise a couple of the food businesses that are in town? Um, the, the city even asked us to host an Easter egg, help us host an Easter egg hunt. Uh, and so we actually got from Hickory Grove. We asked if we could have your Easter Connect, um, oh, you know, yeah. the Easter guide. There's the, one um, side for parents and one side for kids. Oh yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. And so, um, <laughs> well, whatever that is, it was great. Yeah. And so we connected with like 300 people in like just open air sharing the gospel. They're coming yeah. to our our table, and like the mayor came from all of Boston, and like I got Whoa. to share the gospel with him and really? pass him uh, some information from our church. Invited him to come, and I know he's incredibly busy. He wasn't able to come. Um, but right now we have incredible favor with our community. And that's so great, that's that's one way we share it is just saying, hey, what are the needs in the community? Mm. What does the city have a need for? And how can we meet this, not just tangibly, but what's our spiritual angle to connect with families with the gospel? Um, even we're doing that with the YMCA. We connected with them on New Year's Day. They were hosting an event. They were struggling with some volunteers. And so walked up to the director and said, hey, we'd love to help. We're a local church. He's yeah. like, yeah, we've, we've heard about you guys. Mm-hmm. We've partnered before for some other things. And so uh, we he said, hey, man, would you sit on our parent council and help us uh, figure out, like, families want to be developed spiritually. What does mm-hmm. that look like for maybe even you to sit on that council and help some of our families think through how faith connects with raising kids? I'm like, bro, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I'm, tr- I'm learning this. <laughs> but he invited us to be a part of that. And I said, I think one way we can even help is talk about foster care and adoption, mm-hmm. maybe help families that are pursuing this, or maybe single moms or single dads or grandparents or guardians that their child right now is in foster care and mm-hmm. maybe how we can help um, some of the 
some of the home things so their child can come back to them mm-hmm. and things like that. And then this conversations about like, hey, man, like, what do you believe at your church and whatever? And mm-hmm. we're inviting them over to our house. We're inviting out to eat. And so yeah. in every month we're trying to host at least one event. And the goal is not just the event. It's to connect with the people at the event. Sure, yeah. And then our goal is uh, twice a month to have a non-believer over to our house. And then twice additionally is, is to be out wherever they are. So if they're at the um, unfortunately, if you're, they're at the, the bar, uh, we're, I'm, I'm not drinking, but I'm sitting across with one of our friends and we're having a conversation about mm-hmm. life or if they want to go to a baseball game, that's where we go. If sure. they're, you know, if they want to go shopping, whatever, that's where I go with them. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think that's what Jesus did. He didn't just invite them into his life, but he went to where they are sure. and all of our church is doing this. And I mm-hmm. think that's where we're at for 18 weeks. It's because our church is going to where people have not gone yet. That's great. Yeah. What, what are some things that we can celebrate with you guys? Yeah, man. Uh, this is kind of a prayer, too. Um, so part of our church, we're reaching people that are very much not like me, not like Southern and not white. And so we've got a couple people come to our church and they don't even speak English. And so in the back, you'll hear someone translating for them what I'm preaching. And I'm sending my notes to them. So they're translating what I'm preaching right mm. then and right there. Like which to what, is, what language? Uh, Spanish is one. Uh, we had Chinese, another one. Um and then I'm not exactly sure even what the third one was. They came yeah. one week, but the others like continued to come back. And so um, it's great for our church to have, but that's like, it's a celebration, but it's right. also like, man, like they're, the, the, Spanish, the, the, the family, they speak Spanish. They come to my community group. Mm-hmm. And so um, he's sharing with our group what he believes and we're navigating the gospel together, but his wife is translating with us and they bring all their four kids and uh, so our community group, we're stuffed in a Boston apartment with 31 people. Oh, and, man. And uh, they're with us. And a lot of our folks are not believers. And so mm. we're unpacking the gospel, we're reading the Bible. And so we celebrate that. It's a wonderful joy. But yeah. it's a challenge when even sure. the language is a, is a barrier sure. uh, for us. I think another um, I think we're celebrating one of our uh, guys um, that's a non-believer is committed to be on the setup and teardown team every week. Comes to our church. He actually helped. He's like, I want to help you start this church. I'm not a believer. Not a Christian, but I want to help you start this church because mm-hmm. I believe in what you're doing. Really does help people, and I've watched people change with the stuff that you guys wow. believe. And so him and I meet weekly. I won't share his name because most likely sure. he'll be listening to this podcast or friends that know him. But I, he's a dear friend of mine. I love him no matter what. Um, but the the big uh, things that he's wrestling with is just is this guy Jesus? Um, it, it's hard for me to believe. He says that I'm sinful enough or I'm wrong enough for God to have to come and die for me. Mm. Um, so he, he banks his morality and his righteousness based on his deeds rather than what Christ has done for him. Uh, but man, every week he's helping us set up and tear down. He's coming to community group. He's asking awesome. questions. And there's a lot of guys just like him that are in our church. He's just more vocal about it. Um, mm-hmm. We've had one baptism since we've been there, yeah. which is great. Um, so we're in a lot of these baptism conversations with our church. Um, but we know one person has come to faith in Christ. We've baptized them since we've moved there. And then we're slowly moving towards all the other conversations because people are all over the place with their beliefs. Yeah. It, now, your baptism, is it like um, like at a park someplace outside? Kind of, <laughs> yeah. Or do you bring in like that, that, that metal... We do. It's a horse trough. It, it is whatever. a horse trough, actually. Yeah. Uh, so it's a it's a metal tin horse trough. Yeah. We fill it up with water. We have a hose r- runs out the back door, and uh, we try to make it as warm as possible. <laughs> but that's how we do baptism as a part of our church. Wow. Yeah, it's cool for us um, because we're a small church, and we get to um, we're not pressed for uh, a lot of time. And so yeah. even part of our church, we can uh, have moments where people are reading out their testimony, mm-hmm. and they invite all. We have a packet, and they inv- they're supposed to invite all their friends and family mm-hmm. members. And they're, they're sharing the gospel in their testimony. They get three to five minute slot, and then we record it, and we can send that to them, and they can put it on social media because cool. we want them to tell their friends because baptism, right, is a public declaration. Right. And we want them to share with their friends because of it. Cool. 
What are some um, What are some goals you guys have as a church? Just let's just take this year, twenty twenty. Yeah. What are some goals you guys have? Yeah, we've got to get membership. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have membership. It helps, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so um, we have our core values and our core faith statement as a church and how we operate. Um, we have a plan for having lay elders a part of our church, but I'm the only pastor at this church. But if we want other pastors, I can't pay them. Mm-hmm. So in some sense, I have to raise them up from being a non-believer to being a Christian, to being a Christian who knows the Bible, who can walk with God and then shepherd people right. and then be a pastor of our church. Mm-hmm. So we've got a long trajectory sure. with what that looks like. Um, but that's a big goal for us is getting membership knocked down first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've created our documents. We're going to open up a class coming soon, which you guys at Grove has been a big help with your Discover HG. Yeah. That's been a lot of our foundation for mm-hmm. what we've done as a church. Uh, so membership is a big thing for us. Um, and then for us to roll out, uh, there's a nine-month track for a couple of our guys who could be deacons or could be pastors at our church. Mm-hmm. And so walking through that together will be something we really need prayer about because um, I need more help <laughs> yeah. doing what we do. Uh, and so other guys would be very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we want to be able to multiply our community groups. Um, so we have nine right now, seven that are part of our church and two that are on campus at college campuses, one at LaSalle and one at Boston College. Uh, and we want to multiply and we want to go to at least 12 community groups by the end of this coming year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next three years, man, we want to plant a church right in the neighborhood across in Austin. Um, but that can't happen if we don't have membership, elders to lead them, mm-hmm. community groups there. We're not right. going to be able to do that. Yeah. So h- how else can we be praying for you guys? Um, yeah. Well, actually, before you share that, uh, I think we have a we have a team coming up sometime soon. You do, or, yes. Yeah? Yep, you have a college team coming up at yeah, the very end okay. of February into okay. March. Good. And there's a lot of things that we just need to get ready for, a lot of our summer initiatives that we do. Very cold. No one wants to come outside to an event right now. It's right. freezing cold. Right. right. That's why I got this beard. Everyone's yep. tired yep. cold. <laughs> um, but they're getting us a lot of the groundwork ready mm-hmm. and even helping us do some projects at Brighton High School with the staff, with mm-hmm. the teachers, with the headmaster. And so they're helping us get all the groundwork ready and some relational things with the school before we hit the ground in the summer. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I guess there there's probably more teams coming up throughout the this year, next year. You guys will have a lot of teams coming up. Yep, so, yep. yeah, it, I think it'd be great for our people to come up and just spend some time Absolutely. with you yes. and with your team. Yep. And um, and uh, just minister up in that area. I love I think it, it'd be man. Great. And for us, man, it doesn't matter age, doesn't matter background, mm-hmm. doesn't matter level of 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 a strength in their walk with Jesus, man. Yeah. It's a it's a great development for anybody to come to Boston yeah. and help us. That's awesome. That's awesome. Things we could pray for. Yeah, man. Uh, I think uh, finalizing for my family personally, uh, finalizing the adoption of oh, Kiana yeah, yeah. and just wisdom with next steps towards foster care and adoption mm-hmm. as our whole church endeavors this. It's scary yeah. when there's like we barely have enough to kind of take care of ourselves, And then we're saying, God, we're going to step into faith and take care of others who mm-hmm. aren't even they're in a really rough situation right now. Mm-hmm. So we're praying for our family as we begin to maybe take on another one mm-hmm. uh, and then our church as we do that. And I'd be praying for uh, just kind of endurance and stamina. Uh, yeah. It's a great work. God is doing incredible things, but man, it's all hands on deck, all times. Yeah. Like in the nights we're getting calls, I got to wake up early and go put out a fire somewhere. It's yeah. wonderful, but uh, endurance and stamina and great strength in the Lord is what yeah. we really need. That's and then awesome. lastly, maybe praying for um, roughly 30 people that are in our church that are circling around that are not Christians yet. They know they're, uh, or maybe 20 of them know that they're non-Christians, um, the others we're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd be praying that God would um, uh, would make clear what the gospel is, their hearts would believe, and they would become a Christian. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Aaron, you're you're phenomenal. Thanks, man. Um, just in the time that I've had to spend with you here, it's been awesome uh, today, but also just in the years past, um, just being friends and being uh, ministry partners mm-hmm. and uh, pastors here at the church together. Um, 
you've always expressed this heart of um, wanting people to know the Lord. And man, it's awesome. I think you're doing a great job up there. We love you. Thanks, we love Emily. We love your family. Um, and so we're, we're, we're proud of you, man. Thanks so much, And man. so it's been awesome for you to be here um, to share with our people. Um, and every time you come back, we look forward to hearing oh, something so from much. you. Um, because man, we, we we're with you, man. Yeah. We're with you. So well, we feel it because we could not have the church we have without your money, support, people, that's awesome. prayers, everything. So, yep. so give more of it. So, that's right, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> so, well, man, thanks for being here today. Yeah. This was great. Um, and uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Yeah.